0: This morning we'll start us 1 John chapter 3. Thank you so much for attending service this morning. Let me encourage you in a matter today. I get all my stuff turned on properly. The uh, last five Wednesdays we've been in a series dealing with uh, charity. The title, overarching title of that has been a more excellent way. Those are on the podcast. Those are in the on the YouTube channel. By the way, I had someone this week was asking me a question about that. I'm having a little trouble pulling up a podcast. Go to lbclangster.com, the, the website. Hit website on it, and it'll bring up the podcast. It'll bring up the YouTube site. You can go in straight that way, and you won't have any trouble. You can just Google that and go in. But these, uh, I've spoken on uh, the first one, in that series was the need of a more excellent way. Then we dealt with the empty gifts. Third in that has been the verb of charity. I believe that one's instrumental for understanding all the rest of it. And then is not puffed up. And then last Wednesday brought us to the subject, the appropriateness of charity. That series, if you've not got to be a part of it, although we've been having good Wednesday night crowds, it's been pretty amazing. It's funny, our Wednesday night crowd in in a normal uh, um, Bible believing independent Baptist church the size Wednesday night crowds we are having right now would indicate a morning crowd of over 200 most of it's funny our proportions have always been off they're more off than they've ever been in this so it's really pretty amazing so we, we got a good quarter to work with we can build a church on this what do you think and uh, reach some people help them out help some families but, uh, but anyways you're here and uh, Wednesday night crowds, and, and if you've missed part of them, I, I suggest to you go back and check those out, and you'll be glad that you did. Let me join with you. I'm, I'm not yet there in first John. us first John chapter 3. We'll be reading one verse there, and then we will be going to the Gospel of John as well. First John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. That we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. I like that. I just had to do two verses. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And so thank God for that. I want you to notice a couple of declaratives in verse 1. It says, "Behold." The idea of "Behold" is to look on with fixed attention. Like right now, I'm looking at these teenage girls with fixed attention. I'm giving my attention over here. I'm not just glancing as I might look through the room and and uh, you know go past, but I'm giving attention, to, giving attention over here. I, uh, I'm going to give Brother Luke Clifford my attention. I'm beholding him. Nope, I'm going to behold somewhere else. See, <laughs> there we go. There he is. He's my man. But uh, I'm, I'm looking. I'm giving my attention to someone. What is that? That's to behold, to fix. And so when the Bible says this, it's saying to give your attention to something, to, to center on something. And it said, behold something. Here's something worthy of your attention. What is that something? Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. The word bestowed means He's freely given it. He is, has he, he is given it to us as a gift. He bestowed it upon us. It's of an abundance too. Someone gave you and said, Here, I want to do something for you. Let's see if I have any change in my pocket. I think I do. Uh, I didn't care much for change during the whole Obama administration, but I carry it now. Uh, let's see. The, I had a penny. Maybe more sense than I have elsewhere. But uh, somebody said, Well, I want to do something might be a help to you, might be a blessing to you, you might have a need, and they handed you a penny. You might wonder about that, might you? i tell you what you would not do. You would not go to somebody else and say, look what brother or sister so-and-so bestowed upon me. <laughs> Unless you're just being as sarcastic as they were giving it to you. Because um, you're not going to do a lot with that. Man, when you have a rich and a full gift given, then you can use this word bestowed. With that understood, behold what manner of love. The type, the manner, the, 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 the substance of it. That the Father... That's, that's our heavenly Father. That's God Almighty. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. What? That we should be called the sons of God. Then I love and why I decided to go ahead and read verse 2 because it says, Now are we the sons of God. I'm not going to become a son of God when I go to heaven. I am a son of God now by the grace of God and through the blood of Christ. That's why I can go to heaven. The Bible says this. To to them which believed on Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them which believed on His name. You don't become what you already are. There was a time when the Bible says, I I was a child of wrath. I was a child of the devil. These terms are used for the unsaved. That's what I was. But by God's grace, through belief in Him, through exercising faith in Christ, trusting Him and I became a child of God. Thank God for it. I love it. And uh, wonderful, uh, wonderful thing. Uh, I, I like that very much. And it said, Behold what, what manner of love. Now the other one I want you to turn to is back in the Gospel of John in chapter 3. John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. And the Holy Spirit worked through and used the penman, each of those, to write these. In First John and also in the Gospel of John, John chapter 3. Look in verse 16. Let's read this aloud together. It's certainly worthy of it. Let's read verse 16. Let's begin. For God so loved the world, would you join me? That He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What a wonderful verse it is. I'm glad that it's followed by that verse 17. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. What an incredible treasure John 3.16 is. And this morning, I want to speak to you on the subject of the manner of John 3.16. The manner of John 3.16. 3, 1 John 3.1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. And here that the manner of that love is put on display probably more concisely, more clearly than any other particular place in the Bible. What manner of love that God's given to us there. Think about this thing of the manner of love. It's a a love of a superior to an inferior. All the illustrations show that. Think about this one, how stark this is. Um, anybody Anybody here but me? Somebody who really enjoys animals? And I can call myself an animal lover, and I'm not just talking about at the buffet, okay? I enjoy animals. How many of how you enjoy? I, I, I like animals. I do. we got our dog. I like our dog a lot. I think he's a little touched in the head, but he's a good dog. And uh, it's, uh, we had a turtle for years and years named Plato. Plato was a pretty good pet. Uh, we have various cats. We're down to one. She's 19 years old, but she doesn't know. Guys, putting on... Boots do some work yesterday evening. She was chasing my boot strings around. I was like, hey, "You're not acting your age at all, your cat. What are you doing?" And uh, I, I like them. I appreciate them. Try to take care of them. That sort of thing. But much as I do, they're 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 not people. Uh, I, I like my dog. I really do. I like him a lot. And uh, we we talk. And I, we talk. Yeah, he talks too. Um, uh, but we uh, yeah, have fun with him. And enjoy. But that's, that's that's not one of my grandbabies. That's not one of my sons. That's that's a dog. You know what I mean? Someday when he dies, I'll be sad. I'm sure I'll shed a tear over him. I'm sure I have dogs uh, uh, that... Uh, I've had good dogs in life. I've had a couple that were real weird too, but I've had good dogs too. And there's... Uh, you know, missile. A miss, them. I miss them. But it's not, it's not a person. There's a big difference. Now, watch this illustration. Think about that. By the way, anybody gets that tangled... There's something needs adjusted in your thinking there. Because man's made in the image of God. And I understand. You're just like me. You've known people who don't act nearly as good as your animal does. And you'd be hard-pressed if you had Jews one or the other. You'd say, well, sorry, I'm taking my dog. Right? Amen? And okay, I get that. I get that. All right? But what I'm saying is, Jesus put it this way, and He was talking about Himself when He said this, which makes it even more stark. When he described himself as a shepherd, he said that the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. But so he take that on the surface and look at the courage and nobility of the shepherd that he would step between that sheep and whatever danger there is. Like David did. You remember about David David's life when the bear grabbed hold of one lamb? a lion did. He was risking his life to go after that. And he did. Why? Because he was a shepherd, by the way. That's why God saw that heart and wanted him to lead his people because he knew he would try to do it in the way God wanted it done. But you think about how stronger that uh, illustration comes across our heart and mind when we realize what the shepherd's saying is is that he would give up his life for a sheep. How much is that of a superior laying down life for an inferior? This is the manner of God's love. The manner of God's love is someone a whole lot more valuable than we are was given on our behalf. Talk about something that will birth gratitude in your heart. Cause you to love God and be grateful to Him. I've been doing a little extra study, Brother Keith, into the crucifixion in that time, Gethsemane and Leading Forward. It's kind of had my attention here a little. And when I think about this fact that superior, one of so much more value, gave himself on our behalf. That's the manner of God's love, and uh, it, it's 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 amazing. It's the love of perfection towards the fallen. Huh. Isn't it true that we have to be careful, or we are very short-tempered with people in areas that we think we have together? <laughs> The areas that we perceive to be our strength, sometimes when other people don't display strength in that area, we can be very curt with them at times, impatient. Sometimes we're curt and impatient with people when they display areas we're afraid of in our own lives. We see it in them too, and we react in hostility towards what we see. It's fear driving it. It's an interesting thing, the way our brains work when they work. But it's a love of perfection towards imperfection, towards the fallen. I've said it before, but think about how important the statement is. Jesus didn't need the cross. He didn't need the resurrection. He didn't need the the example of a perfect life walked here on this sinful earth. We're the ones who needed that. He didn't do that for His own sake other than the fact He wanted to redeem us back to Himself. And so, there's a manner to this love. Uh, Love originated with the one who's perfect. It's perfect love. It's not dependent on the one being loved, being lovely. How many of you ever make the statement, I I had an off day? Month? Year? Decade? Okay. I keep ratcheting that up. Well, Christ gave Himself on our behalf. I'm glad. It's love. Love that. It's what is the manner of the love? Behold, what manner? Let's just take a little while to look at it. Never mind. Think about this. Right? Then notice, according to the verse, for God so loved the world. We've encompassed that as we encompassed that. That'd be too big of a word, wouldn't it? We've we've touched on that. That's better said. That He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. It is a love for the world. The message I almost brought to you this morning had to do with the heart and the mind for missions and that. And, and uh, I was thinking about that, but it's a, it's a love for the world. I, I don't have that kind of capacity. I don't know about y'all. Let me just be real honest with you. People say you think of the multitudes in these great cities. Does your heart break for them? I really find that it doesn't naturally break for them. I'm just being, I'm being very honest with you. Maybe it will help you in your Christianity. I'm not saying this is a strength. I'm talking to you plainly. Forgive me. We're family. I'm just talking to you here. I see a slides or missionary presentation. And it shows these great cities. Multitudes stacked on top of each other. Somebody say that break your heart for it? no it makes me think, dear God, please let me never have to get near that. <laughs> I don't like cities. The sight of that kind of population density does something inside me I cannot describe to you. you say, break your heart. No, it's like, ah! And I want to run and get away. It just does. Say, preacher, is not very spiritual. Never claimed at the beginning it was. Listen to the listen to the recording. See if I ever claim spirituality, what I'm telling you. Now I can think about it, and I can make a decision to have a concern that moves me to action. But I have to do that on purpose. So you say, okay, that's not a natural thing. And some people it is, honestly. I, I, I wish I was more compassionate than I am. Maybe some of you all wish that about me too. I, I do. I, there's some people, like, they can see somebody else hurting, and they, man, it moves them to tears at the drop of a hat. I can be touched by things, but I'm not quite over to that level of it. Say, so you reckon you ever will be? I don't know. The Lord keeps working on things. Who knows? But it's just not. That's not it. You say then, what's this for God so loved the world? As we look at His love, His love's not limited. I'm going to get back to this thing because I have a feeling by the expressions I've seen and by knowing people that some of you have to be going, mm-hmm, yeah, me too, preacher. Yeah. I mean, Christian comes in, we all say, boy, I have a heart for that. And the truth is, I forgot about it two days after they were here. It's easy to do, isn't it? Christ wasn't that way and he isn't that way. I'm glad. Now, I'm a white man. Have you all noticed that? And you can tell me later or not whether that's a racist statement, but I'm a white man. I'm a white man that was born in America. I'm a white man that was born in Ohio in America. I have blue eyes. I used to have blonde hair. Darkened as I've gotten older. I used to be real blonde. Okay, preacher, watch your point? Worldwide, I'm a minority. Oh, I know the American and the... Pride says, what? <laughs> so everything in the Bible was pointing to me and then I just shared it with everybody else. <laughs> Another clue? When Jesus was walking the earth, he didn't look like me. You would have never thought we were cousins. Jeff, you can almost get away with looking Jewish. If I got the right complexion and everything, you can, you can pass for it. Brother Joel. Christine, you could do it.? Huh? Luke, it's not going to happen. Trying to see who else, Brett? Hold over from the Vikings, maybe. Keith. We're just out of luck, anyway. So what's your point, preacher? But well, if I step away from the innate human Ohio white boy pride, um, then I have to realize I better be very glad God so loved the world. Because if he was going to just love the most populous of peoples, it wouldn't be me. As far as nations go, where Johnny come lately? And yet, God loved me. Enough to preserve His Word. Enough to keep the gospel going. Enough to fill people with His power and His Spirit so the gospel could reach me one day out in a hay field outside of Middletown, Ohio. And thank God for it. I love the manner of His love. It's for the whole world. It's for the whole world, isn't it? You say, well, what's that thing you were talking about earlier, Preacher, about you not naturally just thinking of these other groups? I do to some degree. It's grown over the years. I want, to, I want to look at things the way my Savior looks at them. Now I'm going to stay that statement again because it's exactly where I'm at in my Christian life. I want to look at things the way my Savior looks at them. So why don't you just declaratively say you do? I'll let you do that if you're feeling so inclined. I'm going to tell you I want to. The more I find out about Him, the more I have a capacity to love them. And sometimes it's just a matter of this decision. Somebody that I want to love very much loves these folks very much. And he has expressed what his will is towards him, so I'm going to try to help him with that. Say that isn't spiritual? I don't know. I tend to think spirituality is a little stronger when you do something that isn't your reflex nature because you know it's the right thing to do from Scripture. Why is it more spiritual if you feel that way anyway? If it's your inclination anyway, so you go ahead and do that. Why is that a mark of spirituality? You're following your natural course and it may be a good one. It may be a a good impulse in you. But when it doesn't exactly follow what your basic nature normally is, but you're convinced of it from the Word of God and you say, look, here's my basic nature, but here's what the Word of God says, so I'm going to follow God's Word. How would that not be spiritual? I think sometimes we confuse feeling good about it emotionally with true spirituality. True spirituality is a yieldness to what's revealed in the Word of God. And so we decide to care about others that matter. I have been amazed over the years how this has developed. Um, I'll hear of certain areas of the world, maybe some type of big... Natural phenomena going on, some type of storms or some type of earthquake and that kind of thing. And my mind will go. I know there are missionaries and I know people being reached and I wonder about them. Which is why I never thought of it on that level many years ago. Why? Well, because there's been a connection at some point. Somebody I know is there. They're reaching people. Maybe I've heard some things. I've seen some pictures of some of their church members. I've heard them talk about the people they're trying to reach. And wondering Had those people heard the gospel. You see this? God God will grow us. God will grow us. I really believe, and, and I really believe this, I believe that we can have a heart to have the manner of love for the world, but I believe that God is the only one who has a heart large enough to take in the whole world. Even as I am assured that Christ is the only one strong enough to bear the burdens and the sins and the hurts of the people. I said to my wife, I said, honey, you have to understand in what we do. I said, Christ is the only one who can bear the burdens of the people continually. And I told her, I said, neither you nor I are strong enough. It's important to understand. And I'm to enter in with Christ in bearing those things. But it's Christ that bears you. I'm to teach you the right way. Speak plainly to you. Keep my relationship with God strong and love the Lord. And do as much good and put as much in your life as I can. But you're to seek the Lord. And God's the only one who can carry and bear your burdens. I'm glad I have a Savior that's personal like that myself. That's a wonderful thing. It really is. Thank God for it. And so the manner of the love, it's a love for the world. The manner of the love, and, and it's it's a love that gives. Look at the manner of the giving. he uh, said, "For God so loved the world that He gave." What's the manner of that giving? It's in the likeness of man. Look in Philippians chapter two. Don't move away from John three in the sense that you want to be able to come back to it. But look in a, a Philippians chapter two. So, what manner of love? It's a love for the world. It's a love that comes from perfection. But then it's it's a love um, that's in. Expressed in the likeness of man, Philippians chapter 2. For God so loved the world, lots of the manners, the giving that He gave. He gave in the likeness of man. Philippians chapter 2 talks about this, and I'll just read the verses to you. In verse 1 of Philippians chapter 2, excuse me just a moment here, it says, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercies, fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of man, that's the manner of love, that's the manner of the giving. Who being in the form of man, or excuse me, in the form of God rather, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. for for God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, things in heaven, things in earth, and things that are under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What is this love? The manner of the love, the manner of the giving, it's a love that gives and the manner of the giving is a manner of uh, likeness of man. Christ came in humanity to reach mankind. Then I look at it and it's, uh, it's uh, giving without reservation. It says in verse three 3.16 again, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Then didn't just give Him to serve. He came as one that serve. Did, did not just give him as an example, although he certainly is the perfect example. We're supposed to follow in his footsteps. But gave him actually as a sacrifice. Gave his life, a ransom for many. The Bible says about Jesus, he's full of grace and truth. The full measure of grace, the full measure of truth. What's the, what's the manner of love? Fully giving, nothing held back amazing how many of our own insecurities and fears keep us from fully loving always that wall of protection always that reserve held back god didn't do it that way what manner of love it was a full giving love he gave his life for answer for many the full measure of these things and then I want you to look at the manner of the gift involved in this. We're looking at the manner of John 3.16. There's a manner of the love, a manner of the giving, and then the gift. Look at verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave. What did He give? His only begotten Son. I love that. I'm glad. I'm not looking at a book that would say the one and only Son. That would be incorrect. There will be a lot of other errors in your book if your book says that right there. I can show you. The word begotten is a very mighty important word. Monogenes of the same genetics. The only begotten Son of God. We read in John 3, verse 1, now are we the sons of God. Didn't we read that? John 3, verse 1, verse 2. Huh. Well, if that said, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, well now, that's a problem, isn't it? There's a difference between the only begotten and us being sons of God. There's only one Christ. And so he gave himself. What is it? it, it it's, it's the manner of the gift. What a precious gift. Have you ever gotten a gift you really appreciate? Sometimes you get one and you appreciate it because you realize it costs somebody either a great deal of time, a great deal of money or thought to get something. Maybe it's something that spoke to you personally and it, you know, it, it indicated someone had paid attention to your likes and dislikes and such. And so that was good. Maybe the timing of it was excellent with that. Can I say to you all the things that in our mind would make for a good gift? Say, listen, someone gave you a gift and you really would prize that gift. Anything you can think of that would make a gift really a good gift to you, you would really prize it. Can I tell you that the gift of God, of Jesus Christ to us, takes in all the best and more? You would take each of those things, the value of it, The need of it, the personal touch of it. (laughs) Um, I'll tell you something, but I'll I'll forbear on that. But all those best things could be attached to the gift that God has. What is it? What's the manner of the gift? His only begotten Son. (laughs) You give that, nothing else is in question. If God gave us His Son, how would He much more give us things? I mean, we have the evidence God loved us enough to give Himself for us. Why would we doubt that He would be good to us? And then I look at the manner of the invitation. Look at the manner of the invitation. Unapologetically, stand by this word in verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Look at the manner of the invitation. That whosoever. I stand on, believe in, preach, and hold to a whosoever gospel. Not a few chosen, not a few, and and everyone else not created with an opportunity. I believe in a whosoever gospel, as is indicated throughout the scripture. That whosoever God deals with you, you're not you're not beyond his reach, you're not beyond his care. It's kind of funny how things have changed over the years. 41 years of being a gospel witness. Um, probably last... Let's see, I see. fellow named Mike brought in some gravel. We had 15 tons of gravel put out here. You can be glad of that too. This was a muddy mess after we got done working out here. That spread out there. But um, uh, fellow I hadn't seen him in two years. He delivers from Melvin Stone. It's a funny thing that Melvin Stone delivers... Stone from Williamsport uh, to hear at the same price, slightly cheaper than Shelly Materials does, right down the road. And uh, we have a good account with them. But anyway, this fellow Mike drives for them, and he came in and got to talk to him about the Lord again. Got put blessed promise in his hand. He got to talk to him for a few minutes. He was in delivery. We were the first scheduled delivery that morning. And we talked about things. He said, Oh, he said, I'm glad you're giving this to me. He said, I've started listening to Christian radio. So I don't want to his life. Maybe I get to be a part of that. But as a witness to people, it used to be, this was very consistent. We'd be out, and I remember there in Preble County where I first got saved, and we'd be out in the country areas. By the way, you didn't go to 10 or 15 doors. Those doors are a long way apart. And most of the county, up long lanes with dogs. Okay? My preacher, Brother Jeff, used to tell me, or so and he goes, you got to remember as you're dealing with people out here, He goes, the reason why people live in the country is they don't want people around them. They don't really want you coming on their property. So keep that in mind when you go out. And I learned what that meant. Be courteous. Don't push the boundaries and watch for shotguns. Okay? This is is a good idea. And I, we'd run into people when you finally get to witness somebody, which always ended up happening at the kitchen table. That was just the nature thing. If people invite you in, you get invited into one or two houses. You're out for three hours, but people would visit with you and stuff. Just a different culture, and a little different time. But here's what would happen when you actually, go when you get to giving them the gospel. Here's what you run into: they would start to get a conviction. Almost always, well, I just can't live it. That was I heard that so many times I can't tell you. I can't live it. They'd think about when they maybe made New Year's resolutions or they decided they were going to do this or do that or quit this or quit that. And here's what they'd say to you, I just can't live it. I can't live up to being a Christian. I heard that consistently. I mean, enough that it was something preachers that would teach you about how to help people with that and Scriptures to show them to help them with that. Can I tell you, uh, I mentioned Mike because he, was a, uh, uh, he, he had a very humble spirit about it. It was kind of refreshing to talk to him. But can I tell you, I don't hear a bunch of people saying I can't live in nowadays. That is not what we're running into. What we're running into is, well, God would be, uh, you know, I might do him a favor. That's the right attitude that come across. Many times, not always, thank God. So people are at the point, you know, we're God's dealing I might do God a favor and believe on I mean, it. That's how it comes across. Real arrogant. But <laughs> the thing of it is that the manner, the manner of God's love when he loved us, he gave an invitation. And in this invitation, he said, Whosoever. Now, even though my personal soul winning right now and for many years has led me to believe I'm going to run into more people. Who have an arrogant attitude that know about such things? The invitation is still, a whosoever invitation, and we literally don't know what God's doing in somebody's life. Do you know I've ever down this, somebody maybe messing with you simply because they're messing with you, and inside they're hoping that you got something real. Say, maybe somebody wanting to hear the truth of the gospel, but they're not going to tell you that. They're not going to give you the satisfaction knowing you're making any sense to them at all. They may on the outside be pushing against it, but you don't know and I don't know what's going on. And since it's a whosoever invitation, how about we do this? How about if we give it to whosoever? I'm sure the Lord can figure things out. And uh, our job is just to deliver the good news. I used to deliver grit newspapers. How I many of you remember the old grit newspaper? Uh, yeah, I bought a bicycle with uh, monies I earned with grit. Bought a minibike with it. I did buy the minibike off my uncle. Got it for $25, an old Rump minibike with Tecumseh engine. That thing was a pretty quick little money, minibike. But I had a grit route. I mean, it was a newspaper, you'd tell. It's a kind of neat little newspaper. And uh, sold, established my route, got it going, made, made money out. It. That was pretty good. Had a good time. Get out there and had 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 drought going, and I just went out and see who'd want it. I deliver that grit, and I made sure they got their they got their papers on time, and made sure they got them. Took care of my route well. Can I tell you what? I've had a lot better thing to do for a lot of years. I get to deliver the gospel, share it with people, tell people about it. I might be the one who has the pleasure to lead somebody to Christ. That's wonderful. I might be the person who first time ever talks to him about it. I might be the person that's in between there and just adding to what somebody else said. I never know, but I do know this. It's a whosoever gospel, and I get to be part of the invitation and invite him in. That's wonderful. It's a good thing. I like the manner of the invitation. Then the manner of the promise. Look at the manner of the promise on that. At the end of verse 16, should not perish, but have what kind of life, church? Everlasting Everlasting life. I know a popular saying: "Once saved, always saved." Not a saying I use because it's not a scriptural saying. What is a scriptural saying? Is everlasting life. What is a scriptural saying? Is eternal life. These things are of God. What's the manner of the? What is the manner of this gift that's bestowed? It's forever. When I received Christ in nineteen eighty. There's a life born in me that can't die. That's pretty exciting. I didn't understand all that when I got saved. I didn't know all about that. I just needed the Lord. And the church where I got saved taught that you could lose it. The Bible taught different than that. Get in the Scripture, it shows you what's real. I found out the God that saved me is the God that keeps me. The God that... Purchase me is the God that protects me. I'm His child. I'm glad that it's not a type of thing that I have to worry, well, if I get right down to last week of life and do something to lose what I have. It's not what I have. It's who I have. I have Christ. Say, so preacher, how, how secure do you really believe you are? And by the way, not all of you in this room have this settled. I understand that. Every now and then you betray it by your language. You use such things, that, well, I'm hoping I'm making it. What do you mean? You need to get over that. I'm a little worried about you having to work salvation in your mind. What do you mean you're hoping you're making it? How are you going to make it? What are you talking about? I mean, let's get serious. What are you saying? If you're really thinking that way, you need to examine where your trust is. is you're trusting you? It works. No, no, I'm trusting in Jesus, but I've got to do my part too. You understand you're completely out of the bounds of the Bible on that, don't you? When it comes to salvation. I understand we have the Christian testimony in life, but when it comes to your salvation, you can't accomplish it. A corrupt thing cannot accomplish incorruption. It's a real basic situation. Sometimes the language betrays. Maybe doubt or something. I don't know. But the language of the Bible is this, that I'm as secure as the life of Christ because He ever lives to make intercession for the saints. We've had some news here in this week, haven't we? Some people who have passed away that we know. Some of you family members. There's been a lot of grief mingled in this week among the congregations. We stand today concerned for some people we love and very tenuous health situations. Things changed at your all's house this last week. Things going on, you know. It is. It's unstable, isn't it? We deal with that. But here's the notice you or I are never going to get we're never going to get the notice that Jesus is ill, that he's incapacitated, or that he's died again. In that he died, he died once. When he rose, he rose once. In fact, the language of the Scripture is once for all. We sing a great song based on that Scripture. Behold. Hey, take time to look at. Behold what manner of love God has towards us. You'll find out it's the most precious thing we have. Let me pray with you this morning, please. Father... Thank you for your love, the binding gift of it, the compelling nature of it. Lord, may we be more loving because of it. And Father, as I've spoken to people, I ask that you deal with hearts as you know them. Mine and the congregations. I do know this, Lord. I know you know whose are yours. And who has actually put their faith in you. God, if that's not the case of some setting this morning that they right now realize their need, would You give them this conviction and the conviction of the Holy Spirit upon them? Lord, may they be honest with You and tell You of their need. Lord, may they see clearly that You did what You said You would do. You are who You say You are. May their faith be in you, Lord. I pray you bless invitation for your own purposes, but may it begin even now. Help us, Lord, to love you better, more than to love others better because of it. Please stand together, if you would. If you and I were talking just one on one, and I ask you where is your faith placed? I was troubled as I asked a man, I know well, that a few weeks ago. I said, where exactly is your faith placed? He looked at me and was trying to be honest. Very puzzled for a little bit. A man who's made a profession of faith to be a Christian. I said, where is your faith actually placed? And he finally said, I'm not completely sure sometimes. We talk more about the scripture with it. Where's your faith placed? Is it in Christ? See, that's where the assurance comes from. When you realize it's what he did, not what you did. We'll have invitation time. If you're not sure Christ is your Savior, to you maybe get the attention of someone near you, you could come to this altar, and we'll take, a script, we'll take the Scripture and show you how you personally can know through the assurance of the Bible that Christ is your Savior. Don't be satisfied with mere religion; you need the life of Christ. Maybe this morning, something you need to bring to the Lord. I just be a burdened, hurting child of God here. Just needs to spend some time with the Lord. Why don't you come this morning? We have song invitation. Why don't you come whatever your need is? What's your attention, didn't it? The preacher, sure that was short and a little bit abrupt. I'm going to leave it there. Don't always assume the invitation of God to come to Him is going to continue. You don't know when it will end. You need to be serious about your souls. We're going to pray for you and we're going to be dismissed. Father, thank You for Your... Sweetness of your spirit, thank you for the truth of your word. Help us, Lord, to be obedient to you. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you and thank you for coming this morning. By the way, if the double doors are closed at the junior church or life builders of that, please don't go in them. Wait for them to open them from the inside. They're having services there and they may not be quite ready for us yet. Bless you.